0: Love laugh please please. Yep. We're back. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of your favorite Eurovision podcast, Laugh Laugh Please Please. This week's episode is yet another special one. Today, we are bringing you not one, but two new interviews from our fallen heroes this year. First up, we have pop country duo, the Tennessee Tears, who have participated in this year's Melody Festival with their song, Now I Know. Ivana, take it away.
1: come by. Always one, we really looking for Now Knocking at your door. Three. Now One. I know we would kiss you living down the road. Seeking fly the sticks and souls. Feels like
2: was so long. It is a big, big pleasure for me to introduce Tilda and Jonas. The brain behind the operation, the brain, the faces, the voices behind Tennessee Tears. Hopeful this year at the uh, Swedish Melody Festival. And unfortunately, they did not take the win, but they won our hearts over. Jonasilda, Silda, hello, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us at Laugh, Laugh, Please, Please podcast. Hey. Hi,
3: Thank you so much for having us.
1: And it actually feels like we won the whole thing because uh, everybody knows who we are right now. So that, that's a big win. <laughs>
3: Was, was
2: that the intention, you know, to, to gain a bigger audience, to uh, to just rock start everything for you guys? That's absolutely
1: yeah. the big thing for us because we've been playing for almost nine years together and uh, this was like, a, we've been playing like every week, every weekend for eight years, eight, eight nine years and... This was a big thing for us to get out on national TV and for the Eurovision crowd to see us. And now we can keep playing every weekend, but we're going to have some uh, bigger gigs, bigger
3: shows. (laughs) Yeah, bigger venues and a lot more listeners that we probably didn't have before. Because we've mainly been like a country duo. So we mainly played for people who likes country music. And now when we actually have a pop touch to the song and we got to uh, perform it in Festival and we reached out to so many more listeners and um, that was a huge thing for us. So so
2: this was basically your your biggest performance in front of the the biggest
3: audience so far, correct?
2: Uh,
3: I have to say, I, yeah. I think, I think so. Probably. If you count the uh, TV uh, people, because I mean the arena, we've played for a bigger arena when we played at Lotta. Yeah. But if you... Count the three million that were watching the TV, yeah, then it's the biggest. Yeah. <laughs> and all
1: the European crowd as well. So, yeah. it's probably a lot more than three million, I, yeah. hope, I suppose.
2: That's quite impressive. And you mentioned that you are a country duo and that really showed in um, in your song Now I Know. What is drawing you to this style of music?
1: well we actually just started writing these kind of songs nine years ago and we started writing music with a guy called billy burnett he lives in nashville in uh, tennessee and we went to the states to and that's where we started the band pretty much mm-hmm. the duo as we started writing songs there and we took a lot of influence from nashville and we have started writing this kind of music and we've been doing it ever since pretty much
3: and i i've always loved country music yeah. i'm a big fan of the genre so um For me, it just felt like this is what I should do. (laughs) And so, yeah. We've
1: been destined to do country music all along.
3: (laughs) With a bit of pop in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sprinkle a little bit of pop uh, anywhere and it works. In Nashville, they say that like, uh, about us. They, They say that we do country music, but with Swedish pop melodies. So that's a good thing, I think, to mix those two. I mean, you have the best of both worlds in that case yeah exactly let's hope so tell us a little bit
2: about the story of of the song it 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 has a very straightforward narrative Uh, is there a true story behind it Uh, is this is there something that you can share with us
3: maybe a scoop no, it's not, a, it's not a a true story, <laughs> but... Um,
1: we, 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 yeah, we, uh, sorry, but we, we think it's, it's a song that everybody can relate to in their own way, probably. Mm. Uh, and country music is all about writing lyrics that you can relate to. And I think even though we didn't know each other when we were young, of course, but it it, it kind of <laughs> feels like it when we sing yeah. it that uh, we grew up together, and I think people can relate in their own way to the song.
3: And when we wrote the song, you can always like think about stuff in your own life. To um, uh, like, my first um, best friend was a boy <laughs> here uh, in in Smorland, and I could relate to some of the stuff that we we did when we were young. But obviously, we never fell in love. <laughs> And I never tried to kiss him, but anyways, but you can always relate to those kind of things, what we were playing, like the thing with hide and seek and stuff like that. And I, you, sometimes you can just like imagine, like, what would it be like if I did fall in love with that guy and uh, stuff like that. So you can always relate to stuff in your own life, but it's not a true story all through. <laughs> And what is your story? How did you two meet? You, you said that
2: you started uh, playing nine years ago together, but how did the magic happen?
1: Well, this is actually, uh, you know, I'm that boring guy with a, with a guitar on an after party. The always,
3: fun guy. Yeah, the
1: fun guy <laughs> or other boring guy, I don't know, who always picks up the guitar and start playing. Uh, and I did that on an after party. We met through a um, uh, mutual friend okay. and um we just ended up singing together and i remember us singing uh, the kings of leon song uh, you somebody. somebody and we I, I think we both just thought okay we gotta do something with this our voices sounds great together and so we went to the studio like two days after and i wrote a song with Billy Burnett and another guy and uh Tila just came in and laid down the vocals and it was like okay we gotta do this we go to Nashville we write some more songs and record yeah. some two
3: days later they called me and said hey do you want to be do you want to be
1: in a duo and i was like yeah i can try that and here we are nine years later
3: that's that's amazing like it was meant to be
2: (laughs) yeah Yeah. um tell us a little bit about your connection with eurovision when you decided to perform at melody festival was eurovision the goal is this something that you enjoy watching do you do like uh, eurovision
4: well I have to say that I
1: got, I got both, uh, like, um, I like it uh, because of the, of the, like, it's, it's such a big thing in all of Europe. And I like that because it's a lot of different music. It's a big opportunity for a lot of people to, to uh, perform with their own songs or whatever. And it's so much fun to be part of this. We had so much fun for a couple of weeks. I didn't expect that actually. I thought it was going to be a lot of work and everybody was telling us, okay, this is going to be so much work for you. It didn't feel like we worked at all. We just had a lot of fun for two weeks. So I could definitely do this again if if we have the right song in the future, probably.
3: Yes. A lot of fun, but we never expected uh, to be in Festival because of the because we're doing country, and so we never we never thought that we were going to be there. But our uh, record label was like, "Can you try to write a song that you would like to have in Festival and uh, See how it feels, and uh, because we really want you to um, be a part of it. And uh, so we wrote a few songs, but nothing felt right. And we were like, no, we don't want to do this in uh, this song uh, at Melodita And then we just wrote this song. And immediately, one hour after we started writing this song with uh, Thomas Dengard and Anders we were just like, okay. We can do this. If 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 we uh, get to perform this song, we can do this. And we sent it in, then they took it in. So we were so excited about it. And it was, like Jonah said, a lot of fun. Because we, we were able to have our band with us as well. So I was laughing. I, I had so much stomach pain because I was laughing for two weeks straight. <laughs> so, yeah. That's, that's good, you know.
2: Easy abs. <laughs> yeah, I <don't> know. <laughs> I spoke to some of the other performers that went through the the whole experience of pre-selection and then participating at, at Eurovision and everyone has the, the same reaction. Sometimes Eurovision gets dismissed as this like easy fun, but mm-hmm. uh, but in the end, everyone that participates in one way or the other, may that be at the actual event or in the national finals, people really, really enjoy themselves and I think the, the rest of us as audience, when we see other people enjoying themselves, we just want to be you know in on the on the fun and i think that is that is the most important bit of of eurovision and i imagine all these uh pre-selections absolutely and we we got so many
1: friends in the music business who's been uh participating uh before us and they all have been telling us the same thing just go do it it's so much fun and it's such a big uh big thing you're going to get out there afterwards you got so many shows because you were in the eurovision and of course we wanted to reach the finals when we were there but we we felt like we were winners just by participating actually because we got to perform one saturday in front of three million swedish viewers and a lot of eurovision viewers in europe as well So we felt like winners from the first second, and then it was all fun from there.
3: And our song is actually doing very well here in Sweden. If you look at the uh, radio charts, it's actually our song and I think five other songs from the finals that are doing uh, the best here. So that was a good thing for us as well, But because we never expected people to... I mean, we love the song, but since we're doing country, it was like... A bit of a 50-50 so we're just so excited that it went so well as, as it did so
2: but country music is not foreign to to eurovision we had a few years back the common limits they made the yeah. biggest success they had kind of a similar vibe uh, to you guys and Everyone loved that song. It was I was at that time working at a radio station, and we played it five times a day. <laughs> so, a so I think, absolutely I I love it. So I think that's a, that's also um, a good genre to have in Eurovision to just mix it up with everything else. And if there was any stage ever that allowed all types of genres to be mixed together in one massive event in one massive night, that is the Eurovision stage, because it allows everything. So I think it would Mm. be great if you guys could come back.
1: (laughs) No pressure, just (laughs) saying,
3: Um, no pressure.
1: (laughs) And we just got to write the right song again. That's what we have to do. And whenever we got the right song, we will never say never to participating again. So who knows?
2: Okay, just don't overthink it too much. (laughs) Can you let me know um, some of your favorite uh, songs from Eurovision or maybe some of your earliest memories with Eurovision? When did you start watching it? What is something that attracts you to it?
1: Wow, this has been with us for all our our lives actually, because this is such a major thing in Sweden, so everybody watches it, even the people who says they don't watch it, they always watch it.
3: Especially when you were a kid, because you you watched it together with your family, so I think my my first memories and my biggest memories from Eurovision is uh, when I was a kid, I think.
1: Yeah. Um, I have to say my biggest memory is 10 years ago when uh, Lorraine won the whole thing, the Eurovision, with Euphoria. Then I got to go with her because I was working as a guitar player. We didn't have this band. We haven't started this yet. So I was working as a guitar player. And then I got to go with Lorraine for a week in Europe after she won and played the guitar with her on radio stations, TV and everything. And that was my biggest Eurovision m- moment, I think, to get to go with her and play those before we participated, of course. Mm. That was a lot of fun.
3: Mm. One of my favorite songs was uh, Sarek, genom Eldovatten. It's a Swedish song because I just uh, loved the vibe that they two, those two women, were giving when they went up on stage, and that was also a bit different to what everyone else did. So I just loved that song. That's pretty much my first uh, what I can remember that I really liked. There's been so many songs that yeah. you like. I was so, about to say that. To yeah. me, there's been so
1: many songs and a lot of European songs as well. Yeah. But the Common Linnets, that's, that's a great song. I love that song.
3: I've actually never heard about them before we participated.
1: Yeah, but we so, have been hearing about everything about them. Matthew. Yeah. So, everybody's nice. comparing us to them. That's, yeah. that, that's pretty fun. Yes. Yeah.
2: yeah. I mean, it's a good duo to be compared to. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. we love them. Um, do you have any influences on your music that do come from from uh, Eurovision? I imagine that you have many influences and inspiration outside of it, especially in the in the country music. But do you mm. have uh, an artist that's uh, from Eurovision that inspires you in in particular?
1: I have to say that not one single artist, but I have said that there's been so many great songs the last years. So I listen to all those um, songs to get inspiration. So it could be a pop song. It could be a dance song, whatever. Because you, in some songs, you listen to the melodies. Sometimes you listen to the lyrics, whatever. And uh, you kind of pick up a little from that song, a little from that, but, but not one in particular. No. Yeah. Maybe Lorraine Euphoria when she won. I thought that was a, great song mm. probably the best ever and she won the whole thing so but that that's an amazing song mm. and we had an, another song the same year that finished up second that was danny amazing wasn't oh, that the same year that
3: song. Oh. And i think
1: if he would have reached the finals he could have won the whole thing as well but rin won that year so a
2: lot of great I, artists i mean you guys in sweden have a very meticulous very long process to selecting the song and each year the audience uh, in the rest of the European countries is expecting a lot. Like, for example, when you see the betting odds, Sweden is always like in the top five at least, without even releasing the song. <laughs> so people already know that Sweden is bringing it. Is there, mm-hmm. is there as a musician, as musicians that participate in Melody Festival, do you feel that pressure?
4: Well.
1: I don't think a lot of people do that actually, because it's uh, so hard to get through the whole thing in Sweden to win the whole thing. I don't think a lot of artists think about that because everybody thinks about reaching the finals. That's a big thing, but to go the whole way, that's uh, almost unreachable in some cases. So mm-hmm. I think it's more about doing the best you can and just enjoy the thing. and uh,
3: yeah, and get the PR that you actually do get on yeah. this show, yeah.
1: Because um, I think it's it's uh, really hard. Maybe Lorraine knows that she's going to get pretty far, so that's probably a, a bit different for her. She probably expected going to Liverpool this year. <laughs> and she I, did, so...
3: I just gotta say that I love, I think one of the best songs that we ever sent to Eurovision is actually Cornelia Jacobs. Mm, I think mm. I love that song. I think that's way better than Euphoria.
1: To be honest. Yeah, it's a great song. Yeah, yeah,
3: and she's great as well. Yeah, obviously R- Lorraine is too. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I-, I love that song. It's I-, I think that's more my type of music than I, I also love Amazing with Danny Saucedo. So mm. I mean, I have I have trouble to uh, remember songs from other countries now because obviously you've heard them, but I can't figure out what year and stuff. So I just know the songs, but not in particular that it's from Eurovision. Uh,
1: it's just hit
2: music. It's yeah, big it's hits,
3: big radio hits. That is the the magic of Eurovision. You
2: you get to perform to a stage, and then your audience expands way beyond your country.
3: Yeah, that's very cool. And obviously, we uh, noticed that country music is big in all of Europe. <laughs> you did a test, and we passed.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome amazing thank you so much thank you so much for taking the time to do this interview with us i'm not going to take too much of your time i'm sure that you're busy the only thing that i would really really ask you please come back
3: yay thank you for and having you us. thank you so much for having us
2: and if it doesn't work for sweden try another country i'm sure people will be open to, to have you
3: i mean denmark is very close to us yeah. we can just go there and try there you know, you just take the train and uh-huh. that's it.
2: Exactly. <laughs>
1: can we try out for Croatia? Can you fix that for us?
2: Well, we can. We can be in touch
3: <laughs> and <Yeah>. check. <laughs> I, I mean, only know one one meaning from uh, Croatia. Is it? Yeah, ja, Tilda. Ja, tilda. My name is yeah. Tilda, right? Yeah. So well, I mean, then... I'm I'm ready for Croatia.
2: <laughs> perfect. Perfect. We will be happy to have you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So next year, when you win the whole thing, remember <laughs> this moment
3: and then yeah, we'll talk yeah.
2: again. <laughs>
3: Definitely. Maybe we can come to Barcelona and do it live. Yeah. So yeah, we have yeah. Absolutely. Weekend. Amazing. Thank you again
2: very much. Have a nice day. Thank you. You too. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you, Tilda and Jonas, for taking the time to talk to us. Next up, we're bringing you our interview with Sam's crush, Damir Kejo, who participated in this year's Dora with his song, Angels and Demons. The floor is yours, Ivana.
4: I'm a sinner but nobody knows it I'm a bad man when I need to show it And tonight I set you on fire I'm a sinner but nobody knows it I'm a devil with a halo
0: and I'll let you go.
2: I'm very happy to say the next words. Very big welcome to the Laugh Laugh Please Please podcast to Damir Kejo, the Croatian hopeful for 2020. And also, he had an attempt this year as well in, in Dora uh, with a new song Angels and Demons. Damir, welcome. Thank you so much for taking the time for joining us at Laugh Laugh Please Please Podcast.
4: Ivana, thank you so much for inviting me and I'm really happy to be here and to dig into the whole Eurovision topic with you.
2: We had a small chat before hitting the recording button and you seem like a proper Eurovision fan. You know your performers, the years, you follow everything. Do you follow it religiously or is it more like a hobby?
4: Well, religiously would be if I had a fake twitter accounts and uh i was writing reviews about every single song and if i got into that whole amazing yet weird drama that happens there but no i i just really love eurovision i really love You know, listening to 40 plus songs every every March to till you know uh, till May, and then picking my favorites and putting them in my yearly Spotify list and listening to them like the whole year. I've been following Eurovision ever since I was a child, so I know a lot of the songs. And yeah, I, I would call myself a fan, but I wouldn't call myself like a religious fan because I'm not writing about it. I'm not you know really into forums and any kind of that stuff
2: well it's never too late uh we can have you as a regular commentator on our podcast if you want
4: <laughs> that would actually be amazing because uh i really know a lot of you know stuff about eurovision history and everything so maybe i mean not like before 1990 because i was born in 1987 and i really started you know uh, watching eurovision when croatia um went for the first time so since then I was really following it but you you know that sounds like a great thing we will arrange something after after we talk
2: sure sure we'll talk we'll exchange numbers (laughs) yeah you won Dora in 2020 with the amazing song Divli Vietre. The fans really accepted that song and the reactions were very good. Unfortunately, we know, we all know what happened in 2020. How did you feel about that? Um, what happened uh, around those times? Can you share some of the thoughts that were go- going through your head when you won Dora but didn't get to go to actually perform?
4: It felt like traveling like the speed of 400 kilometers an hour. And then st- somebody, you know, just stopped you abruptly and saying, okay, you're not traveling anymore. Uh, because we were, I was in my creative process. We were arranging the backdrops, how, how we're going to look on the stage. Uh, we were changing some bits of the song to even, to make it even better. So I was fully in, like coronavirus were all over the place, but I didn't listen to anything because I was like, it's Eurovision and uh that that is the most important thing right now i'm not gonna listen to anything else but you know i realized that eurovision was canceled we were already in quarantine and so many people were dying i didn't know what, what was going on and uh it was literally about keeping my sanity, but not because of Eurovision in general, because I'm used to living a high paced life and uh, I'm used to uh, working nonstop. And when somebody took that away, I, I had to deal with myself, which is something that I was not used to. So anxiety started, started cri- crippling in and I really needed to take care of myself. It was, it was, I, I would say that it was People said, oh, we had so much time for ourselves. It was okay for me. It was a nightmare because there was no concerts. There was nothing was literally happening. I was just running, walking my dog, making banana bread and watching Netflix. That was my life. And I really didn't like it.
2: Did you you manage to channel all of these experiences, however hard it may have been creatively?
4: Well, it was a process because first I needed to tackle my anxiety, see what was going on in my head. And um, it took me a year to realize that I'm not good. So in 2021... Uh, I went to see a psychiatrist for the first time in my life, and I realized that I had borderline personality disorder, which was probably aggravating the whole the whole experience of being in lockdown. But it was great because uh, I started working on myself. I started going to psychotherapy, and uh, that really helped me a lot. Because I started looking in, because I was always looking outside for for the next thing that will keep me busy. But uh, for the first time, I was trying to find that inner child to talk to, to talk to him, to see how he's doing. And from that, I I started writing melodies. The first song that I wrote in my life was actually a single that I released last year, which is called Is Body Toy. I made such a beautiful video for that song in uh, Europe. In Jordan, in Badia Ram Desert, and it's still one of my most like. It's still one of my most most favorite experiences of my life. I'm still working on new melodies, but I wouldn't say that I can write the whole song by myself. I like working with talented people who can channel me to, to you know, give my best. Because of my ADHD brain, I like to, you know, go from one topic to another. But when I work with somebody else, a beautiful synergy, synergy happens and we can, you know, finish a song. So I have a few more melodies that I'm currently working on oh i also have some songs from other songwriters and we're working on an album so that was that's actually the best thing that happened i started writing music
2: well i congratulate you for being so frank and open about the hurdles that you had and that well you went through is this something that you think is important in your work and in your public presence
4: of course it is. Uh, in the past, since ever seen, since I started talking about it, there's been hundreds and hundreds, and I'm not, you know, exaggerating. it, hundreds and hundreds of messages on Instagram, on Facebook, of people who were who either had borderline personality disorder but didn't know how to, you know, tackle it, how to control it, either people who have been clueless about their mental health, and um, my interviews opened them up to the idea of going to the psychiatrist and starting working. On themselves so that was almost healing for me because in in that story that i shared and literally i didn't want publicity i just wanted to help somebody because i know how much i had to search the internet for the information i was completely clueless i didn't know which therapy would help me because it's not just about going to the psychotherapist it's about finding the right one that does the right kind of psychotherapy that will help you and i wanted to share that story so I make it easier for other people to help themselves.
2: It's a, it's a lot of work and it's a, it's a long process to, to do that and to work on yourself. So I think that the yeah. most important thing for people to understand is that we all need patience when it comes to discussing mental health and, and actually working on it.
4: Exactly. And uh, the thing I realized it, realized is that I chose so many songs based on how I felt. And I can see that borderline energy in so many songs that I've sang so far. And um, I see how my state of mind changes and I'm really open to, you know, exploring other parts of my personality and uh, maybe writing some other types of songs. And uh, it really boosted my creativity and it widened my view.
2: Well, that's a great silver lining then.
4: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, uh, Angels and Demons that I sang on this year's Dora, I, I, it was before I started talk- talking about borderline personality disorder. But when I heard that song, it was literally, okay, this is how I feel most of the times. I have to sing this song. This is how I cho- choose a song. It's not just about picking, okay, this could be a hit, this could go on Eurovision or not. It's literally me being in the moment, feeling something and connecting to a song that has a message that I can you know, sync and maybe somebody can, can relate to it. And now when I'm seeing with that lens, the whole the whole lyrics of, of that song they're literally about borderline personality disorder.
2: It's a very nice segue that you just made. So let's talk a little bit about this year's Dora. How did you decide to participate again? Can you walk us through a little bit about the creative process, how everything went? What is what was your experience from this year?
4: It was actually really cool because I was able to be more creative. And to do things my way I went to Barcelona In September last year And uh, I met my um, My friend She's also in the music business She does a lot of management for Russian artists And she moved to Barcelona From Moscow She didn't want to live in Russia Because of the current situation and everything She doesn't support the regime And she wanted to be in in Barcelona We started talking And you know how it is there You drink one glass of wine then you drink two three four and then ideas start happening and we talked and we said why we could you know send a song to to dora and she said okay i have some people that i know i will ask for some songs and if you find something that relates to you you can pick it and you can go to dora and that's how it was like two, two weeks later i got an email with 50 songs and i was listening for like uh for three or four days and angels and demons was constantly here i i didn't listen to any i I couldn't listen to anything else because i was constantly singing angels and demons in my mind i picked it i applied and next thing you know we're on dora but there's a lot of preparations and uh, things that happen in between because for me it's going to dora is always the most important performance in croatia because dora gives you so much opportunity to you know express yourself to, to do a, to make a great 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 performance and that's why I loved about it and actually also it was about exploring myself it was about sending something that people wouldn't expect from me, sending something different, and I'm always up for that.
2: Speaking of Dora, this is a very interesting point that you just made. You think that Dora is a good platform for artists in Croatia? Because sometimes I feel like there are a lot of artists who look at Dora with, you know, a little bit on the side and do not really appreciate the concept.
4: It's more about being afraid of not winning, and I'm not afraid of losing. It's a common thing. We all need to go through it. It makes us stronger. It makes us smarter. Because when you win, like, I I got so much more insight this year than in 2020, when I was completely anxious, when I wanted to sing the best that I could. But it was the whole experience of 2020, and here I remember every single thing and I really needed that to, to happen so I can become a better performer and to see what would be the next next song that I would send to Dora like it's always about the song and I have some ideas and if a good song happens who knows I will, I will go people will tell me it wasn't like four times going on Dora enough it never gets enough of Dora I love it
2: I fully support that <laughs> you'll have my vote if you go back to Dora <laughs>
4: Thank you. I mean, it's just uh I I'm just about when you when you watch Sanremo or Benidorm or Melody Festival and like Lorraine was uh, four or five times on Melody Festival and uh, I think four and you, she lost two times and she won two times and that didn't like when she lost with statements right yeah with statements she didn't think like oh I'm not ever going to Melody Festival and she was just like okay this the, it didn't happen for me this year. It's gonna happen some other year when I have a better song and she sent it and look where she is now.
2: Yeah, sometimes you you need to fail to to rise in, in a better in a better way. Um Exactly. Angels and Demon is in English, while Divje Vietra was obviously in, in Croatian, and most of your other songs are in uh, in Croatian. How did you decide to sing this one in English? Or did it already arrive pre-packed in English?
4: You already arrived pre-packed in English, just like, uh, Didi Vetra came in Croatian and I literally said, I don't want to change. For me, uh, songs are like, paintings and uh it's okay to translate them but i think that the original version is always the best one if i translated Demon, angels and demons to creation i'm not sure how it would sound it would be pretty trashy i think because creation is not as flexible or some as some other languages and some of those really beautiful creation lyrics when you translate them to english they sound like 19th century century poetry and they sound really dated. but in Croatian it works like Croatian uh, language really loves poetry I would I would probably say that also Italians they really love poetic lyrics so I think that that's something that Italian songs and Croatian songs have in common.
2: Well we're neighbors so something of a cultural influence has yeah. had to brush
4: off <laughs> of course like especially from Italy to Croatia. I mean it's obvious.
2: We discussed a little bit about your uh, you being a fan of Eurovision. Give us some 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 of your favorites. Uh, What are some? Give us a top three or a top five. Is if top three is too (laughs) too difficult. Not necessarily winners.
4: Uh, Where are you now? I mean, it depends on, you see, the catalog of Eurovision songs is so huge that I can only say what would be my favorites now. And who knows, like in 10 days, it's going to be something completely different. So I would say, where are you now, Imani? I think that's 1998 Eurovision because Donna International won that year. So Eurovision was in Israel in 1999, so yeah, Imani, Where Are You Now, mm, 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 mm. A, a song that never got to Eurovision, but I think that that's on par with any she released, it would be Laureen's My Heart Is, Is Refusing Me from Melody Festival, and that would be one of my favorites, and of course, Marco Mengoni, L'Essenziale oh i I, i'm such a fan i I was at his at his concert um last year and it was absolutely beautiful he's an amazing artist
2: that's very true Uh, i love marco mengoni as well what are your thoughts about uh, mama's che and led three how do you think they will do this year
4: i have no idea because it's such a risk i mean it's either gonna be people are gonna be obsessed with it or it's gonna be nobody will understand it i think that in their category of you know shock and really like an edgy song that were they were better than me with my category of a, like a you know eurovision pop banger and um I realized that they're going to win like when the song was released because it was constantly in my head. I was like brushing my teeth. And in the morning, it was like, Mama Cupilla Tractora. I was literally, I I couldn't get it out of my head. It was crazy. Uh, but this year, this year's Eurovision is really strong. Like there's so many great songs. And, uh, I was also watching Benny Dorm and, um, I wanted, I wanted to win. I'm sorry, but uh, and I was watching Sanremo. Uh, Marco Mengoni won, and I'm happy about that. But there's Lorreen, Marco Mengoni. Uh, Armenia has a great song. Finland, Finland is completely crazy. So I I can't wait to watch this year's revision. Yeah,
2: yeah, this year is going to be really, um, <laughs> really interesting.
4: It's gonna be so interesting. I mean, I, I realize that Lorreen is the favorite one now. Is it still? She's first on the yeah in the polls yeah and
2: i keep saying that i'm ready for laureen Lorene- to become the Joni logan of our times we deserve I'm,
4: I'm, it i'm re- I, i'm exact i'm ready to She's my favorite like she's my if you ask me which is my favorite song of this year's eurovision it will be Lorraine's tattoo i mean uh, the whole thing like her the song the performance it's Super crazy. And I love the Dune vibes and it, I love it. I love it. I can't say anything else than uh, the fact that I love it and that I, that I listen to it nonstop.
2: Yeah, it, it happened. It happened to a lot of people. Some of the, these people yeah. work on this very podcast who were very obsessed.
4: So we'll see. <laughs>
2: Um, Okay. And to like finalize and wrap up slowly, uh, can you tell us what's new with your life? Uh, you had uh, recently a new song published.
4: Yeah it's called Zboktoi Pogleda and uh, it's been released like two weeks ago and it's going really well and um, the song is um it's a love ballad, I I think I'm the strongest in love ballads and uh, I invite everybody to listen to it. Maybe you like it, who knows. And uh, if you like it and if you don't like it, uh, send me what you think about it, I really love it. I love constructive criticism. It makes me uh, you know, think, reflect and uh, become better at what I do. And also I'm working on a new album, I'm working on new songs and who knows if a am really great. I have an idea for a performance, but if a song that would be, you know, Completely uh, good for that type of performance. If a really good song happens, I'm definitely gonna apply. Maybe not next year, but the year after that. I need to still, you know, recover from this year's Dora. People ask me how I felt. Um, I slept for, for four days because I was physically, not mentally, I was physically exhausted because it's so much work. It's lobbying, it's doing interviews. And it's not like you're doing interviews every two days. You're doing interviews all of the times. Plus, I'm on college now, so I have to juggle everything.
2: So there's really a lot of things going on.
4: (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Damir thank you so much for taking the time for Laugh Laugh Please Please podcast it's been lovely talking to you
4: thank you so much thanks for inviting me and I'd just like to say hello and to everyone listening to us right now and I hope to hope to see you soon in Barcelona so we can finally have that tortilla de patatas and a glass of wine
2: I did for everyone who's listening I did promise Damir but he didn't reach out I forgot
4: because it was like six months later that you contacted me earlier, mm. <laughs> that's a lousy, lousy excuse, but next time we're in contact and uh, yes please, her I'm her taking told me notes everything that I didn't see for the first time, I didn't go to the beach and I didn't swim in the sea, so that would be something that I would love to do.
2: Okay, I'm taking notes you have no, no more excuses
4: <laughs> no more excuses like see you this summer <laughs>
2: Amazing! Sounds like a like a great plan. Thank you again. Have a lovely day.
4: Thank you, Ivana. Talk to you later.
0: Thank you very much, Damir, for taking the time to talk to us. Always a fan. Uh and that's a wrap for today's episode. We hope you enjoyed our interviews. Hit us up on Instagram at laugh please Podcast or send us a message at LaughPleaseESC at gmail.com. Until next time. Bye!